0: If you could turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24. If you could turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24. And I want to introduce to you, we are starting a brand new teaching series here at Risen King Church. It's called Dangerous Prayers dangerous prayers. What are these prayers that we can pray that are dangerous? Life-changing prayers that God will do something in your life if you pray these prayers. So before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as hard as it is for me, I'm asking you this morning to search me. Search me, God know my heart, test my motives, reveal to me my anxious thoughts. Show me anything in me that offends you. I want to see in me what you see in me so I can become more like Jesus. God, I ask you to search me. So I am utterly excited about what God is going to do this morning. I'm excited that during these three part message series that I believe that God is going to utterly change your life. There are few moments in life where I believe that God declares a message that will truly be life-changing. A message where when you hear it, it can totally change your life in an entirely different direction. A series where you hear from God in such a way that it impacts your life and it takes the trajectory of your life in a different direction and it changes your life for the better. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start to pray three new prayers. And I want to warn you that these prayers are not easy prayers to pray. They are not safe prayers. We are calling them dangerous prayers, but they're dangerous in a good way. In fact, if you ask my opinion, most people's prayer life is way too safe. What do we often pray to God for? God bless us safe. God help us. It's good, but it's safe. God protect us as we travel. Definitely safe. So what I want to do is I want to arm you with some prayers that are not safe to pray. In fact, just know going into them that when you pray these prayers, you're really asking God to do something that will often take you outside of your comfort zone. Next week, for some of you, that will be that impacting message. And we're going to talk about a very dangerous prayer next week. Ready? We're going to ask God to break us. Break me, God. If you want to pray a dangerous prayer that will never leave you the same, ask God to break you. That's the last thing any of us want. But on the other side of brokenness is a real intimacy with God and a dependence on him that you cannot get through any other means but brokenness. In week number three, for some of you, this will be that life-changing prayer. It will change the direction of your life. We're going to pray in week three, send me. In other words, instead of saying, God, I'll do what I want to do for you, we're going to say, God, I'm signing a blank contract. Whatever, however, whenever, God, I am available to you. Whatever you want me to do, my life is yours. God, send me. Today, we're going to start with an equally dangerous prayer. And we're going to take a look at a prayer that David prayed in Psalm 139. And David prayed this after his enemies and God's enemies were on the attack. And they were accusing David of having wrong motives. And instead of saying, no, 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 and defending himself, he actually prayed a very dangerous prayer before God when he asked God to search his heart. Psalm 139 will introduce to us our dangerous prayer for today. And I'll read verses 23 and 24. Then I'm going to ask you to say this prayer a second time. So this is what David prayed, a very dangerous prayer. He prayed, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That is a dangerous prayer. So let's say this out loud together. For those of you who have your bulletins, let's say this out loud together. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So in order to digest this, what I want to do is I want to break this prayer down into four parts. And we're going to talk through each of these four parts. And I will arm you and I will equip you to make this prayer a regular part of your life this morning. The first thing that David prays, number one, he prays, search my heart. He says it very directly in verse 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. For some of you, you may look at that and go, now, why would we ask God to search our heart? He knows it. I've got a good heart anyway. You've got a good heart. I've got a good heart. We all got a good heart, right? Well, we actually need to understand this. The Bible is pretty clear that without Christ, we actually don't have a good heart. It's actually a very common saying. She's got a good heart. They're so good. Actually, according to the Bible, she's got a wicked heart. If you want to be completely accurate, now let me tell you, I love my wife from the bottom of my heart, top of my head to the soles of my feet. And she's got a good heart, right? I would say that about her if I didn't know any better. <laughs> Shh. Shh. She's not here. She's probably watching me in the nursery though. <laughs> but for those of you who are married, you know your spouse Then anybody knows your spouse. And you know sometimes the good really outshines. But you really know that deep down in all of our hearts, there's a lot of wickedness. And it comes out during times of argument. And you know that deep down in your life, despite you saying that you have a good heart, you know that your wickedness comes out because you can talk calm in any other moment, in any other season. And then all of a sudden you get into an argument with your spouse and boom, there goes the zinger, the word that totally disarms, dismounts, destroys and wrecks somebody's life. And it just came out of your mouth. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says this, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. What is it? It is desperately wicked. We need to understand that without Christ, our heart is really not a good heart. That we deceive other people and we, in fact, we deceived ourselves. In fact, here's the truth. We're all liars. How many of you are liars? Raise your hand. All right, leave them up for a second. Here, not everybody's hand is up in the air, so just for a moment, put it, put your hand down. Just for a moment, I'm going to say to all of you who did not raise your hand, Liar, Liar, pants on fire. Yeah. You're a liar. You just lied to the whole church, you just lied in God's house in the presence of Jesus. <laughs> We lie to ourselves all the time. Our heart is deceitful. We deceive ourselves. We don't even realize sometimes just how bad we are. We lie to ourselves all the time. I'm just going to go out tonight. And I'm just going to have one drinks. And after one drink too many... You lied to yourself. You just, I'm not going to do this again. I did it again. I'm not going to fall in love with the wrong person again. I'm going to look for a person with some good quality and some good character. And boom, you're dating the drug dealer again. I lie to myself. I can't help it. I'm better than anybody else. I'm not full of pride. I don't lust. I don't lust at all. I just appreciate a nice physique in a woman. I'm not materialistic. I just need the nicest, latest things. I'm not a gossiper. I never gossip at all. I'm just telling other people so that they can pray for all these people who do bad things. See, when you pray, search my heart, it's a dangerous prayer because God is going to show you things in your heart that are in fact not pure, not to be cruel but to bring you into a deeper intimacy with him as his Holy Spirit transforms you to be conformed into the image of Christ. It's a dangerous prayer that you need to understand, but it's one that can make you so much closer to God. David prayed, search my heart. Then he essentially prays this. He says, reveal my fears. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What makes you anxious? Know my anxious thoughts. A lot of times we don't even acknowledge them. We just think, well, everybody has to worry about this. But what is it that makes you afraid? Now, I'm not talking about snakes and spiders or the boogie monster who lives under your bed. I'm not talking about that guy. He might be there. But I'm talking about internally. What makes you afraid? What makes is it that makes you anxious? Are you afraid of losing your job? Are you afraid of not being married by such and such age? Are you afraid of being stuck in the marriage that you're in and it not getting any better? Are you afraid of the future? Are you afraid of the unknown? Are you afraid of failing? Some people are actually afraid of succeeding. Are you afraid of loss? What if I lose somebody? What if I lose something that I value so dearly? Why does this matter? Why would we say, God, show me my anxious thoughts? I would argue because of this. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. Because what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Think about that. If I'm scared to death that my marriage isn't going to work out well, I'm not trusting God with my marriage. If I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to pay the bills, I'm not trusting God to be my provider. If I'm afraid that my children are always in danger and I've got to always keep them safe, then I'm not trusting God with my children. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. God, reveal my fears. Test me, God. Show me where my anxious thoughts fall. And I prayed this dangerous prayer this week. And every day I started the day praying this dangerous prayer. Search me, God. Know my heart. Reveal my anxious thoughts. And what God showed me was what I fear the most is not something that I'm really proud of, but what I fear to death is failing. If I succeed, it's often because I am so driven by fear of failing, and I recognize actually what I fear is not just failing, but it's letting people down. And then I went even deeper, and I was as I was praying through it, I realized I just have a massive fear. In my life of being inadequate, of not being enough, of not being good enough, of not being righteous enough, of not being wise enough. That is my fear. This is a real, real issue. Because in the church and in my role, I can't be driven by fear. I have to be led by faith. Without faith, right, it's impossible to please God. And there are some things that I really believe God wants our church to do, but there's no guarantees. And I found this hard this year. 2018 was trying, was testing. There are no guarantees that anything that you want to do, any program that you raise up, any ministry that you have in the church will succeed. And oftentimes, oftentimes my fear will keep me from being obedient. I'm just telling you probably more than you want to know about your pastor, but it's really meaningful to me. As I was praying through it this week, what I really believe God showed me is that I have to love pleasing him more than I fear failing. And that was something really powerful for me. I have to love pleasing him and being obedient to him more than I'm afraid of failing. And in my own prayer time, I actually prayed this. God, test me. Know my anxious thoughts. You know what I'm doing there? I'm doing something really cool. I'm praying scripture. I'm quoting scripture to renew my mind. And here's what I do. I recite scripture to myself. Perfect love casts out all fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I just dare you to pray this prayer. Search my heart, O God. Test me and know my anxious thought. Why does what you fear matter? Why what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least? And so when you pray this prayer, suddenly you're going to recognize in some areas, I am not trusting God. And you'll start to do exactly what I did. You get down to the root of why? Because God always wants to speak to the root of the problem. And that can become an anchor moment, a life changing moment when suddenly you say, no, I'm going to take a step of faith or no, I will do what God is calling me to do. It's a dangerous prayer. When you pray these types of prayers, God will reveal to you things about yourself that you may not have even been willing to acknowledge for years and years because the most common lies we tell to ourselves. And that's an issue for me. I've got this. I'm fine. I'm okay. No. Search my heart, God. Reveal my fears. Then number three, this is where it gets really difficult uncover my sins uncover my sins God this is what David prays I love the courage that it takes to pray this dangerous prayer he prays God see if there is any offensive way in me show me God anything about my life that is inconsistent with your truth God show me anything that I'm doing that's displeasing to you see if there is any offensive way in me have you ever noticed though It's really difficult to see your own sins in the mirror. But it's easy to find everybody else's. Can you believe the way she walks? She thinks she's all hot stuff. She's full of pride. Hey, look at what he does with his life. Look at the places he goes and the things that he goes and does. Oh, bless his heart. I don't know why he can't be holy. Have you ever noticed that? We tend to accuse others. And what do we do with ourselves? We excuse ourselves. We accuse others, but we excuse ourselves. I just have to do it. This is how I get through. It's not that big of a deal. It's none of your business. Judge lest you not be judged. Right? Let me tell you something. I have heard this time and time again from some of the most self-righteous, judgmental people that I have ever heard in my, ever seen of in my life. Judge lest you. Why are you judging me? Why are you judging me? See, our heart is deceitful above all things. And the most common lies are the ones that we tell ourselves. That's why it takes tremendous courage to say, search my heart, God. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. This can be one of the most life-changing, game-changing prayers you ever pray. When you give God permission to point out your sin that's dwelling inside of your heart. And I want to give you three Questions. Three questions that are really helpful to ask yourself as you're praying, uncover my sins. Three questions that can help you with self-awareness. Number one, the first question is to ask, what are others trying to tell me? What are others trying to tell me? What are other people trying to tell you? In other words, if you've had three or four people tell you, I think you might have a problem in this area, this is an issue, I'm a little bit concerned about you here. If you've got consistent people that love you telling you that, there may be something in your life that you may want to pay some close attention to. There's a common denominator, and it's you. Pay attention to that. I heard someone, a contractor, tell me one time, and he goes, Hey, Pastor, he goes, My mentor shared this with me. He said, Well, if one person comes up to you, tells you you look like a horse, you don't believe it. Second person tells you you look like a horse, you don't believe it, you doubt it. Third and fourth people tell you you look like a horse, then you better saddle up and ride cowboy. <laughs> it's the truth. If people that are godly, loving people, continue to point out the same area in your life, then pay attention. It's worth paying attention to. The second question is this. Ask yourself, "What have I rationalized for some time? That's a big word, rationalize. In other words, let me explain to you how we rationalize. Yeah, it may not be right, but it's not that big of a deal. This is just kind of how I deal with things. This is how I cope. It's really nobody's business anyway. Am I even really hurting anybody? This is just the one thing that I do. What do you rationalize? I'm going to quit. It's not that big of a deal. And you don't. The third thing is this. Where am I the most defensive? Where am I the most offensive? No, those are those times, those conversations where people choose to go there with you. And you're like, "Mm, no, 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 no. We're not going to talk about that. No, no. Don't you judge me. No, no, no. Back off. I told you we're not going to talk about that. Where's the area that you are most defensive about. You see, when I ask myself these three questions, it takes my, right, my mind back to a significant issue that I had in my life that I denied for quite some time. Until I gave God permission to reveal sinfulness in my heart. When you have the courage to pray this prayer, see if there is any offensive way in me. Let me make you a promise. God will, will, will point some things out that you've been trying to explain away for a long time. God will point some things out that you've been trying to deny. Do not deny the truth. Denying the truth does not make the truth false. Submit yourself to what God is trying to show you and then what do we do? We have the courage when God shows us something to bring it to the light. See, there's different types of confession. We confess to God for forgiveness. We confess to people for healing. Scripture says if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we also, the Bible says, we should confess our sin to people. Confess our sins to one another and pray for each other that you might be healed. We confess to God for forgiveness, but we confess to people for healing. This is why life groups are such a vital part of what we do because we come together as a part of the community of God and we say, I need help here. Would you hold me accountable? Would you pray for me? God is showing me this. God is showing me that. And suddenly we recognize, hey, they're not perfect. She's not perfect. And if she's not perfect and he's not perfect and they're not perfect, then maybe I can show some of my imperfections too. By the way, I just want to share this with you. This is a disclaimer to you this morning. If you're perfect, this is the wrong church for you. I just thought I should mention that. I should probably mention this before every single service just to weed the perfectionists out. There's no perfect people allowed. So if you're perfect and holy and all that kind of stuff, I welcome you to go polish your halo somewhere else. This is a place where imperfect people are being transformed by a perfect God. We open up about our faults to one another. We recognize this. We are all in a process. You haven't gotten there yet. You haven't gotten there yet. I haven't gotten there yet. We are under construction. We are all in a process and we all need to help each other. Let me tell you something. When, When you... When I put all of what I told you about me together, let's see what it points to. I don't want to fail. I don't want to let people down. I want to live up to people's expectation. I don't want to be inadequate because I don't want other people to think that I don't have what it takes. When you add all these things up, what do you see? For the vast majority of my life, I've battled with living for the approval of people instead of living for the approval of God. How's that for disturbing in your life? How's that for honest? A battle living for the approval of people instead of living for the approval of God. That should not be encouraging to anybody, especially when you're a pastor. What does that do, though? When I admit those things to myself, when I admit them to you, what does it do? It points me to my need for Jesus. It points me to my need for his grace. It points me to knowing that my identity must be in him and not in what other people think. What our need does is it always points us to the area that we need to call on and learn to depend on Christ. Whatever he shows you. I'm addicted. I won't admit it, but I'm addicted. Listen, you need his power to overcome your addiction. I'm full of pride. You need his power to be humbled and depend on him. I've got a lust issue and it's out of control. You need his truth to renew your mind and transform your heart. I'm materialistic. I really love the things of this world. Then you need to fall so in love with him that this world is not your home and heaven is your home. Whatever he shows you, it always points directly to your need for Jesus, for Christ This is a dangerous prayer and it takes courage to pray it because when you pray it, he'll show you some things about yourself that you are not really proud of. But here's the truth. There is always grace. David at the very end, what did he pray? He prays number four, lead me. When you show me what I don't like about myself, God, And show me what needs to be changed. Now lead me in the way everlasting. Verse 24, he says this, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. When you have the courage to pray a very dangerous prayer, search me, God. You have permission to look in the depths of my deceitful heart. Show me, God. Test me. Reveal to me my anxious heart. Show me the very places that I fear the most because that shows me where I trust you the least. See if there is any offensive way in me. No, I'm not pointing a finger out to anybody, God. I'm just just letting you reveal to me the things that I need to hear in my life? You see, what I've often found is this. When people, when people come to Jesus and they give their life to Jesus, they see these big issues that need to be dealt with nearly immediately. And so they get these really big issues out of their way at first. Then as you walk with Jesus for a certain amount of time, it's the little issues. You know what I found? The little issues are often the biggest issues in our life. It's often the hard issues that are the biggest things that he'll reveal to you. And when he shows you what does that do, it points out your need for Christ. Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, I need your power. Jesus, I need your grace. Jesus, I need your freedom. So for me, Jesus... My identity must be completely in you because I refuse to perform for people. God, I only want to live for you. Help me to live for an audience of one by knowing so much who I am in Christ that my security is in him and him alone. When you pray this dangerous prayer, it will show you your need and you take that need directly to Christ and you let Christ meet that need and conform you into his image. It's a dangerous prayer, but it's a prayer that can transform your life. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward as we close in prayer this morning. I wanted to point out these prayers to you because as we continue on in 21 days in fasting and prayer, I believe it's important that you dedicate your life and this time to God. And I pray that during this year that God would transform you, show you things about yourself, things that may need to change in your life. See, I always like God pointing things out to me before other people have to point out things in my life. Let God point out some key issues in your life, some key areas that you're dealing with. In your life. And I'm going to pray God's blessing. I want to close together this morning. This message. With this prayer from Psalm 139. And here it is again. Search me God. Know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way. Everlasting. As you continue in prayer today, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would do a work in us. God, I thank you that there are a few people today that this will become a life-changing message for them. If they start to pray and seek you, you're going to show them something in their life that you're going to transform. You're going to lead them in a way that takes them out of bondage and brings them into the life that you've planned for them. God, we thank you that they'll have the courage to ask for help. God, we thank you that we'll all have the courage to pray. Search us, God, and trust you to reveal whatever it is in us that you need to change. I'm going to ask you if you'll commit just to pray this dangerous prayer every day this week. In fact, for many of you, this will become an ongoing part of your prayer life. So when you wake up in the morning, the first thing that you're going to do is not look at Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat. The first thing you're going to do is pray. We're going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to ask you to commit to do this, and I want to be real, real clear. Don't raise your hand because you feel pressure, I don't want to manipulate anyone this morning. If you'll do this and make this a real serious commitment every day, I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to listen for just a few moments. Just listen and see what God shows you. And when he does, he'll give you the power through his son, Jesus, to become who he's calling you to become. If you say, I am in Pastor Tom, I'm ready to pray some dangerous prayer. This week I'm going to ask God every single day to search me. And I'm going to listen for what he shows me. And I'm going to be faithful to where he leads me. If that's you today, would you lift up your hands high right now? I'm thankful for many people hungry to know God in a personal way. Father, I ask over the next few days that for those who maybe don't have a morning time with you that this would be the beginning of an intimate time of putting you first we put you in the first of our day the first of our week and we worship you the first of our income we worship you God we put you first I pray God that this would be the beginning be the beginning of seeking you first every day God we submit our hearts to you recognizing that our hearts are impure and deceitful above all things but knowing with Christ you can transform our hearts. God, we give you permission to search our hearts. We ask you to test us. We ask you to reveal our anxious thoughts, God. Uncover our sins. Show us anything that is offensive in our lives, God. We ask you to lead us, Lord Jesus. And I thank you in advance that for some this will be a life-changing anchor message. This will become a life-changing prayer that we continue to seek you and you continue to transform us, God, as only you can do. Amen. Would you